All right, you bug catchers, it's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. Ben Simpson. And I'm Sean Kelly. And we wish it was the 90s. All right, you poke fans, we are here. Sean, you're back, or you missed last week. I hear you've... Um, You've started another money-making venture without us. People have noticed my social media skills and running the cutter for uh, New Zealand and cricket team while they're away. How's that? How's that a better? Didn't didn't you say Charlotte uh, thought it was going to be better in terms of making money? Yeah, I think there might be some uh, potential ramifications for it. Mm, You are very good on social media. Yeah. It's a tough gig doing it remotely. Do you want to uh, do a spiel? Oh, actually, Simpson, great to have you on. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I feel like the uh, the kid not getting picked for a football game at the playground until, uh, until you sent me the message today, so I'm very excited. You like when uh, Homer has all those cuts uh, when he runs Bart's um, football team? Probably how I felt. Uh, do you want to do a, a social media spiel now, Bob? Yeah, well, we are on Instagram and Twitter at WIWT90S. We've got a YouTube channel that's really picked up steam lately in the comments section. Another yeah, shout out for my man, yeah, Ruben and Jay's Toy. And if someone else commented as well, actually. I Forgive me for getting your name, sir, but thank you. I'll check it in a minute. Um, yeah, we and also, you know, you're, you're already listening to this if you're here, but, you know, a little like, maybe a review. Five stars, say what you want. And um, if you like us, maybe ask your wife to download the podcast and listen to it on mute. Or when you go to sleep, it's good. Uh, we've got tone, the tones of our voice are good for that. Mm-hmm. Final, the Final Fantasy Seven, um, Seven episode uh, marathon is quite good at putting me to sleep. Definitely put me to sleep a few times as well. Uh, all right, um, we are delving into Pokemon today, uh, specifically Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, or Gen 1. Um, Pokemon was developed by Game Freak, published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company. It was first released in 1996 in Japan, but was didn't make it to the, uh, the shores of Aotearoa until late 1998. And I can remember this time and who I was talking to when I found out about Pokemon. I don't know about you two, but um, we're going we're gonna to go into our memories shortly. Um, we're going to talk about the differences in the, in the three red, blue, and yellow uh, versions. Uh, talk about the starting Pokemon. Talk about some overrated, underrated, and go-to Pokemon for us. Uh, and, and maybe go into some gyms and side quests and things at the end. Uh, but Ben, specifically, um, the first time you heard about Pokemon or the first time playing Pokemon, what are your memories? Yeah, so mine uh, are from the TV show, actually. So Cheese TV was a big TV show in Australia, mm. uh, 7.30 on Channel 10 in the morning. So I used to wake up and uh, straight into Pokemon. It was back-to-back episodes. So I was a huge fan of the TV show and then got the game from there. So I started off with Red. Uh, and obviously thrashed that, and then Yellow came out, and because Yellow aligned with the TV show, I was infatuated. 
always used to call myself Ash in the game. And uh, always made the villain Gary, no matter what, because I was all <laughs> about the, uh, the authenticity of it. Nice. What about yourself, Sean? Uh, so, I don't recall when it came out, but I recall it becoming a really big deal quite fast. As you said, it came out at the end of 1998, which I was in year 7 form 1 at Hunter Media. But I definitely got the game maybe for Christmas, um, and I, I got blue, and I played it religiously, and um, it, it, it suited my gaming uh, enthusiasm for grinding. Yeah. Um, and probably my, my greatest memory, actually, was I... Um, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm a completionist, and I really wanted all 150. Um, Surely not. I I learnt later um, the the Mew glitch, and when I went to do to unlock him, I'd already fought the fighters that you had to fight to unlock him, and couldn't. No. Oh. And but I'd already finished the game at that point, but yeah, I didn't play it again until um, maybe I was in my mid twenties on a Game Boy simulator on my phone. Uh, but mm. probably my greatest memory was sitting in H8 at Hutton Intermediate on a Friday morning before school started. And a great, great friend of mine at the time, Michael Ives. Ives. Um, Ives brought his, um, his cable. He'd finished the game. I hadn't at that point. Oh. Um, so before he restarted his game, he gave me all of the red Pokemon I didn't have. Oh, what a legend. And then yeah, he restarted his game so I could get Bulbasaur, and then he restarted his game so I could get Squirtle. Man, the myth of legend. Oh, mate. It's that and my first patch and greatest memories of 1999. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's going to lead into our, um, our red, blue, yellow discussion quite nicely. Um, yeah, I... I didn't own a Game Boy, so I remember I was at Petoni Central, and my friend Luigi, uh, he did have a Game Boy, and he got the game pretty much as soon as it came out, and and me, Tim Rice, and James Gibb used to uh, play Pokemon, pretend we were Pokemon, uh, and he would talk about it, and I pretended that I did have the game. I just said, yeah, I'm up to this gym, uh, et cetera. Just a little bit behind him. Um, but then our good friend, uh, still good friend, James Dowgleish, who um, he was into his computers, bought around a floppy disk that had Pokemon Red on it, uh, which we booted into our computer. And Simon, much like a lot of my childhood, Simon played a lot and I watched a lot of the Pokemon being played. Um, so I was Pokemon, we were Pokemon Red, um, and I, I think it always pissed me off that you couldn't get 150 unless you traded. I just felt, I didn't really like that about the game. What about yourself, Ben? Uh, that's exactly my thoughts on this, on it as well. So I was Pokemon Red, which I feel is the superior of the two, but we'll get mm. into that in a little bit. But, um, really irritated me you couldn't get all 150. That was a big, because as an only child as well, no one else in my household was going to have a Game Boy that I could trade with. I had to search out friends that were at the same level as me and things like that to trade with, and it was just a kerfuffle, really. So, you, needed a, you needed a Mives. 
Needed the Mives. That, Everyone needs the Mives. It's an amazing story. <laughs> what a legend. Um, but, so I was just going to chime in. Like, there's an element of the, the cable system that's awesome, right? Being able to play against someone with your Pokemon. But, but I, yeah, I feel the same way about not getting all 150 by yourself. Um, and even more frustrating when you're playing it on a simulator as a, as a grown man and that option's not there for you. Yeah, there, there were other options on um, the PC. So there was like you could put in Game Shark cheats and you could like type in a little number and then you would, anytime you walked around in the long grass, a number was specific to a Pokemon. So if you put in 61, that the, every time you walked in the long grass, say like a Poliwag would pop up every single oh, yeah. time. Or there was like a number for Mew. There was a number for every Pokemon. So that was a way you could get around it, but I, I didn't really like cheating. Um, all right, we've got the differences between red, blue, and yellow. Uh, I, I played yellow a little bit. Uh, but more that was, I played with my cousin Ollie and Elliot. They had yellow in a Game Boy. I played red, which I thought was superior. But looking at these differences, I think I reckon blue's better. Um, the grass is always greener, in my opinion, because mm. I had a look at the Pokemon exclusives for mm. blue and red. And for some reason, even when I played on the emulator, I played blue because I'm loyal to my, my blue version of the game felt like Red had maybe the superior run of the Pokemon there, in my opinion. Ben, do you know, should we go through the exclusive yeah, Pokemon? go through. Go through the exclusive. Okay, so um, the Pokemon that were in Red and not in Blue, so these are the ones you couldn't get, Sean. Um, Ekans, and therefore mm. Arbok, bit of a dud. Electabuzz, uh, Oddish, Gloom, and Vileplume. Scyther, Mankey and Primate, and Growlithe and Arcanine. Only mm. one that really stands out for me there, and it's Arcanine. Great. Arcanine, dominant Pokemon. Huge fan. Um, and then the ones that uh, you could get in blue but not red were Pinsir, uh, Magmar, uh, Bellsprout, Weeping Bell, Victory Bell, Meowth, Slash Persian, that's the friggin' dud. Vulpix and Ninetales and Sand Shrew and Sand Slash. True, good. That was a good one to I get. Think. So Ben, as someone who wasn't quite sure about the exclusive Pokemon, where are you where are you leaning? I mean, to me, Arcanine was one of the greats. So Red to me has the better Pokemon. I also was not a huge Bell Sprout, that kind of family. And so not being able to get them wasn't an issue for me. Yeah, I hated Oddish because playing red and there's heaps of like grassy areas where it's just Oddish galore and you never found a bell sprout. So I, I kind of, yeah, you're right, Sean, it is the grass is, is always greener on the other side. It's an interesting thing to do with the game. Obviously, it's to like get people um, playing together and more people mm. buying it. And yeah, like, like, been mentioned like in a household of siblings it would make sense to buy multiple copies and stuff like that but on a logistical level it makes absolutely no sense that you're both playing in the exact same map but on your version 
it's like you're in another on another another country because yeah. different animals appear doesn't really make sense. You know, like if you're in Pallet Town, you should always face Pallet Town uh, indigenous species. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think um, imagine being a parent and like. One's like, oh no! Now we've got to go buy Pokemon Blue because we there's some Pokemon we can't. I'd be like, screw that! Also needed to buy a second Game Boy as well, so you could yeah. link them. So it wasn't <laughs> it was an expensive undertaking. Uh, yeah, did it save to the cartridge or to the device? To the device, surely. Surely. So could you save Red and Blue on one Game Boy? Great question. I actually don't know. I mean, you're right, it doesn't matter because you couldn't trade them anyway, but if it's saved to the cartridge, at least that would save you buying an extra Game Boy. Mm. Mm. The only other things that I thought were different were, like, in red, obviously, it was like a pinkish hue, the screen, when you're walking around, and and blue, it was a blue background. Um, In the Viridian Forest, I think in red, there's just, like, weedles everywhere and not many caterpies. And then in blue, there's caterpies everywhere and hardly any weedles, I think. I mean, I remember the, the, that being the case for blue. Very mm. rare to find a weedle with caterpies everywhere. And what a frustrating experience when you're only trying to catch a weedle because you want 150 Pokemon. Really? Like, you don't want it for any other reason. Kakuna and Metapod, the worst Pokemon? Uh, what about the... Um... Is it Magikarp? <laughs> let's not uh, let's not diss old Magikarp early in the po- in the podcast, please. Were Doesn't you guys thought. frustrated when playing? I was a bit like you, uh, Simpy. I played. Um, I watched the show religiously. When I finally got a Meowth, I was pretty upset. It couldn't talk. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> it's like... Um. You played yellow. You've you've mentioned off air that you played yellow quite a lot, Ben. Um, the only other things that I can think of in yellow that were different from playing it with my cousins were, um, I think you're right. You obviously start off with Pikachu. You can only start off with Pikachu. Right, yep. And you and you can get Squirtle, Charmander, and Bulbasaur along the way. Yeah, they they like special thing given to you after you do certain things. So if you beat like a gym, then you go into a house and there's like a cop there and she gives you the squirtle you're a good mm. trainer now and you can look after it and things like that so there's they give you reasons why but done um, uh and your rival starts with eevee yep your rival starts with eevee and then depending on how you if you beat them in certain matchups later in the in the series or in the game uh it will evolve into different the flareon or the jolteon it depends on how it changes depending on what you do to be better against you i don't think so i think it's just if you win this battle it becomes jolteon if you lose the battle it becomes flareon i think it's pretty just that's what it happens mm. i just talking about yellow and how it mimics the game i just had a a memory of my own that mimics the show um i um i started with the charmander which is obviously the worst one to start with um and so leveled him up like grinded the shit out of it in the forest so that his scratch was strong enough against um brock and misty and um he evolved into a chameleon 
um, and for a good next portion of the game, he wouldn't respond to my commands because <laughs> he was too high level for me. Excellent. That's um, I, I like that feature of the game. Yeah, that was and... quite ahead of its time, I reckon. Mm. Um, it, it stops people from being OP too early. Like you've got to get your badges. Yes. So I watched someone who went with Charmander, and they only had a Charmander and a Kakuna when they got when they battled Brock, and Charmander was real high level, which died. And uh, K- K- he ended up winning the battle with Kakuna using Struggle because he had used Harden so many times that he didn't have another move to use apart from Struggle, which hits with Recoil. It's just pathetic. It's a bad, bad battle to watch. Um, uh, on Yellow, there's a few other things that make it a bit more authentic to the storyline uh, yes. from the TV show. So you actually end up with Jesse and James uh, instead of just the Team Rocket goons. Mm. Um, which That's I always good. quite enjoyed because you they had they had uh, Ekans and uh, and Offing um, and Meowth were their three Pokemon, so it was kind of true to the storyline. Um, similarly, as well, the Misty character, some of the some of the actual characters themselves were um, the picture of them was changed mm. to reflect the TV show as well, so that kind of aligned quite nicely with that. I mean, obviously, you could look at your Pikachu and see how it was feeling. Did it follow oh, you around? Yeah. Followed you around, it was out of its cape, so. yeah, out yeah. of its um, Pokeball, and it would follow you around, and you could look at it, and it would like smile at you or be grumpy depending on how you treated it. Mm. I quite liked as well. Obviously, that was quite true. To an to interesting, the... interesting point that I was hoping that we'd discuss. Um, this is essentially um, like cage dog fighting in a kids' game, right? Like you keep your animals yeah. literally stored in a tiny little ball. Are they are they real? Because they also live inside the, the poker decks or something. Or no, you nah. send them back to the. You the send prof. them back. All oh, right, yeah. No, and... you send them to Bill. Yeah, but the prof in the in the TV show, the prof gets them. Yeah. But in the um, game, you send them to someone's PC, and then it ends up being Bill's PC. I don't know how many Pokemon he's got caged on his. Yeah, so. What do you reckon it's like in that pool? I've never really thought about the ethical dilemma of the <laughs> of the Pokemon, to be fair, but you make a good point that it is a bit like sort of a caged dogfighting ring. Yeah, These it's things like, are doing your bidding. Yeah, you keep literally keep it stored up in a ball and release it to... I mean, Pokemon don't really die, but to seriously injure someone else's caged pet. Or your own reward. <laughs> Nothing. They don't get anything. We're like Michael Vick. They level up, I guess. I feel good. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 most of them get two cracks at puberty. <laughs> oh, there are a couple of things. Only other thing that I, that I missed was different, which I didn't know until I researched. The beginning uh, credits uh, in red... It's a Gengar fighting a Nido, Nidorino, and then oh, yep. in blue, it's a Gengar fighting a Jigglypuff. There's a yeah. done Pokemon. Um, all right. Oh, one, sorry, one last thing just before we move on is just the Pokemon oh, yes. that you couldn't get in yellow. Just wrote a little list here for that. Um, so yellow, you couldn't get Weedle, Kakuna, or Beedrill. 
Really? Yep. Which was so it was only um, pods, etc., in the forest that you could pick up. It was very frustrating. Caterpies. Um, Kins and Arbok were in the game, but you couldn't actually get them yourselves. Same as Meowth and Persian. And coughing and wheezing, you would see them with uh, Jesse and James, but you couldn't actually own them or have them yourselves. Raichu, uh, Jinx, Electabuzz, and Magma. So there's 13 Pokemon that you couldn't get in yellow. You could get them by trading. You could trade with blue and red. Mm. Everyone else, but yeah, you could. those are the only 13 you couldn't get. So every, every one, everyone else was available. Not bad, 137 slash 8. Did Pretty Pokemon good. Yellow have the same glitches? I don't know. We, we talk about those glitches later. I, I'd like to hear about them. I knew of a couple, but I think there might be a few more. All right, we're going to go into uh, ranking or, um, yeah, I guess we're ranking the starter Pokemon. Um, I'm interested to know your three here. Um, and I actually, th I, I'm thinking I might make a very late controversial change. I'm going to go last, um, but I just want you to, and let's go reverse order. So go three, two, one, and, and, and give us a little reason why maybe it's your number one or it's your last. Um, Sean, you mm -hmm. go first. My last pick is Squirtle. Just think he's a bit dumb. Um, <laughs> And I guess tactically speaking, you, he's going to be good against Brock, but it's uh, you know, like for like fight against Misty. My two's Bulbasaur, just slightly slightly more sass than a Squirtle, and um, good for your first two gym battles. And then my first pick's Charmander because Charizard's an absolute beast. Mm. Like you want you, I mean, all three of them level up to pretty awesome Pokemon, but. Charizard not only is an awesome fire Pokemon, he's just badass. Ben. Uh, so I have Bulbasaur third. Ooh. I have never liked Bulbasaur or Venusaur or Ivysaur. I'd hated Vine Whip. I thought it was an absolutely pathetic move. Didn't do much damage, and I just thought it was really weak, really weak Pokemon. Um, Squirtle at two, and I considered putting Squirtle number one. Um, it's definitely the beginner's easiest Pokemon to start with, so if you're new to the game, I reckon you've got to go with Squirtle first because it's so easy to get past Brock. Um, but for me, Squirtle I like because I like Blastoise. If you build up to a Blastoise, Blastoise is dominant. Um, got to be Charmander number one, I agree. Sean, agree with you there. Um, Charizard is dominant. And in yellow, you could actually fly. You could, you could teach your Charizard mm. to fly, and that was obviously huge. So you didn't need to have a bird-like Pokemon in, uh, in yellow when you could teach Charizard fly. So for me, Charmander, number one, even though it was a grind to get through the first two gyms, um, for me, I used to always try to get a Butterfree. And I'd build that one up, and that was kind of your ticket to the first two gyms. And then from there, Charmander slash, you know, up to Charizard would just dominate. All right. Well, I've got Squirtle third. I'm a bit like Sean, I'm a bit meh about Squirtle. Um. I'm going to go Charmander second and Bulbasaur first. So that's a, that's a uh, terrible decision. Couple, I, I think I'll be uh, widely chastised for that. But I've got a couple of reasons. Um, so Bulbasaur was the... F Simon and I didn't know much about the game when we first played it. And 
Bulbasaur was who we did it with first. Um, Weren't you pretending to know heaps about the game before you played it? uh, Definitely, but I was just uh, saying what Luigi said the day before. Uh, (laughs) He definitely knew I was lying too. (laughs) Um, So a couple of reasons is, so nostalgia, like he, that's the first Pokemon we went through with it. Uh, Bulbasaur, uh, uh, sorry, Ivysaur evolves into Venusaur at level 32, not 36. Uh, even though I was uh, quite keen to often put off my evolves just so that uh, they built their speed up a little bit more um, before they did evolve. Um, I think they they all had re- like the same stats pretty much, apart from a couple of different things. So Squirtle was real high in defense, which is real boring. Um, Ch- Charmander was real high in speed, but Bulbasaur was real high in special which I think is quite important. Um, and, and I loved Venusaur having things like sleep powder and poison powder late in the game. Um, the, they all had dud moves, mm. and Venusaur particularly, I didn't really like Solar Beam. I thought it was a very horrific, horrific move. But also, like, Charizard had um, Fire Spin, which was a dud. Um, but those are my reasons why I'm going Bulbasaur over... Charmander. I disagree with everything you've just said, but yeah, you you do you, bro. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. We oh, so now where does Pikachu slot in in your four, Sean? Uh, in the four, does he does he get a number one or is he at the bottom? When I got him, finally, I wasn't that impressed and i was so excited because i wanted him because of the show um but like if if i had the option of playing today and you said play red blue or yellow i would still pick red or blue to start with charmander so for that reason i'm not even going to rank him so four yeah i guess so fair simp uh, for me, it's number one. I was, just, I was just huge. I was a TV show nerd. And so the fact that I could be Ash, I made my name Ash. I made my villain Gary, wanted Pikachu. And so as soon as that option became available, I was just in heaven. And so all day, every day, I'd pick Pikachu number one. Doesn't matter the stats. I don't care. I loved the fact that Pikachu would follow you around. I just felt like I was, I was actually in the TV show. And so I will always pick Pikachu number one, no matter what you offered me. And you couldn't evolve that Pikachu, right? But you're not in yellow. Hmm. I wonder if he was, like, differently powered in Pokemon Yellow than the other Pokemon games. I don't know. Just and Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt was a very good move once you trained it up. It was a strong mm. Pokemon. When you was... played Yellow, did you also refuse the opportunity to turn him into a Raichu? You can't. You just can't yeah, do yeah, it. Can. It's not an oh. option. No, Raichu's not even in the game at all. There's no Raichu. Apart from even... Lieutenant Surge has a Raichu. I was, but I, but I mean, like, you can't get a Raichu. Interesting. Yeah. wasn't an option. You wouldn't have taken it anyway, let's be honest. I'd definitely not. It probably wasn't an option because of that reason that you had to have Pokemon, uh, Pikachu follow you. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have a Raichu follow you. That makes sense. Mm. I think if... 
if you weren't given Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur in yellow, I would choose Pikachu. But in terms of ranking him in the four, just purely as a Pokemon, he's third. He goes above Squirtle, but below Charmander and Bulbasaur for me. Um, he just yeah. I I I did think about putting Pikachu Raichu on my overrated list, which we're going to get to now. Good segue. Mm-hmm. Segue. Um, we'll do a little round table here, um, and should we? St- we'll start with we'll start with underrated, and we'll get to our overrated second. So, Sean, you mentioned off here you uh, can't remember many Pokemon. It would be good for me to go last in the round table to hear what people <laughs> say to remind me of some of the Pokemon. All right. Uh, ben, do you want to start with uh, one of your underrated Pokemon? Yeah. Uh, my number one underrated Pokemon was Shelder. Ah! <laughs> Hopefully I've stolen that off you because that yeah, Pokemon, yeah. Shelder dominates. Ice and water together. Ridiculously strong defense. When you can do moves like Aurora Beam and Ice Beam, which were two of my favorites, I was always a fan. The water-ice combo was just really dominant. And I think not a lot of people, because of the look maybe, I'm not too sure, but they wouldn't have had a shelter in their six when they were battling people. But it was definitely a great Pokemon to have. Mm. Yeah, well, just I had... Google shelter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have shelter on my list. I had Cloister on my list, but oh, fair. Um, the same thing, basically. I remember... Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I remember uh, in the Elite Four, uh, the first, uh, the Ice, what's her name? Uh, I can't remember what her name was. She had a Cloister that was real difficult to beat because of its high defense. Lorelei. Lorelei, Lorelei, that's right. That was, yeah. that was um, one of my underrated ones. Um, I'll go with, with one of my favorites. Um, and this is if I didn't start with Bulbasaur, was... Uh, Execute slash executor, but oh, specifically no. executor. Um, oh. And and you did mention ice and water before because um, executor had grass moves and psychic moves. Um, and in later generations, it become you know they 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 do have more than one type. But in the first one, it was a grass Pokemon that still could do hypnosis and confusion. Um, so I thought psychic grass was quite a cool combo. And it had good base stats. Um, it was a bit of a beast that um, could put people to sleep, uh, paralyze them, poison them. Um, I thought Executor was very underrated. Sean, should we skip you? Or have you got one? No, there? no, I do have one. I do have one. <laughs> um, and it comes probably more from fighting against them than than utilizing them. Um, I, Doduo and, and Dodrio. Um, caused me a lot of carnage, and I think um, when I did use my Dodrio, it was actually quite an effective uh, Pokemon. Um, happy, happy to be told I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, wait till we get to my overrated section, and you might be. <laughs> yeah. uh, Simpy. Um. Randomly, because I didn't put them first, but I'm going to throw out Squirtle there only for the Blastoise factor. Um, because it was just such a powerful Pokemon Blastoise to me, and so the grind to get Squirtle to Blastoise was obviously a long one. 
think if you look at the attack stats across all the Pokemon in Gen 1, Blastoise is in the top 5, I believe. I, don't quote me on that, I could be wrong. But it's definitely up there, and the moves were great, and it was really a strong Pokemon, so I think most people, as you guys both didn't, don't like Squirtle that much. You grind to Blastoise, you really get rewarded and with a very mm. strong Pokemon. Um, I think the base stats add up to all the three starting, the base stats add up to like 425 or something, mm. which is top, definitely top 20. Um, but like Cloyster is like 480 or something, like it's real high. Yeah, probably good Pokemon. It's got such a high defense. Um, my next, I've probably got, um, I've got two more. I'm going to go with a random one here. I'm going to go with Muck. Uh, poison, not often used, um, but high, high HP, high attack. Um, I think poison not being used that much, um, I think it's a bit, poison as a type is a little bit underrated because if you can just make, sow that seed with a with a beast Pokemon, get it poisoned early in a battle. It just nicks away, nicks away, takes further and further off. Um, I, it's not a sexy Pokemon. Let's put it. Let's just say it. But um, but Muck was definitely a uh, one of my underrated ones, which I quite liked rounding out my six. Mind it? Me? Yeah, you Sean. I've got one more, I guess, and I don't even know if it's underrated or not. Um, it definitely suffers for being what kind of type it is, so it's not very useful against flying types. But if it what if it against the opponents that it is quite strongly against, I think a, a sand slash because it's actually a very powerful Pokemon. Mm. Um, can yeah, can I agree. Go, like it. Yeah, can go can go pretty pretty good. Um, also, you know, I think it looks pretty rad. Definitely looks matter. Hmm. Looks definitely matter, and it can dig. Dig was mm. uh, like, like dig as a move. Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty good as far as the ground Pokemon go. All right, Ben, any more? Uh, yeah, good segue there with the dig factor. So my last one, uh, I've spoken of it earlier in this podcast, was Arcanine. Um, mm. Maybe not underrated. Lots of people do like it, but I think the actual skill of it was a bit underrated because it could learn dig was great so it's fire pokemon that could learn dig was fantastic um flamethrower was one of my favorite moves as well i think the only downside to it maybe why i think it's a little bit underrated is you did need a firestone to evolve it i mean that can be a bit of a hassle but i think yeah arcanine to me was a really really good pokemon overrated if anything um i've just got one more random i i just quite like tentacruel uh, was a bit of a beast, and if you didn't have a water Pokemon, just chuck it in there, give it Surf, and uh, it also could poison if need be. I was a little bit of a fan of the poison. You definitely, you can tell that. Um, all right, overrated. Uh, we'll go the same order, so Sean can have a bit of time to think. Uh, Do you want me to say all the reasons why Sean shouldn't have said Dugtrio right now? <laughs> he said Do he said Dodrio. Dodrio. Oh, I apologize. Sorry, I thought you said Doug Trio. I was about to. Well, I, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I was talking about Do Duo and what is what is Dodrio? Whatever they're called, the th two-headed and three-headed ones. You know yeah, that real, that real common evolutionary thing where you go through puberty and grow an extra head. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to drop some fire on you then, but now I've got to 
circle that back because you said the different Pokemon to what I was thinking. We'll carry um, on my, then because Doug Trio is on the top of my list. Mine is Diglett. Mine's Diglett is uh, my overrated. I think lots of people used it because Dig they wanted the Dig from the Diglett. They liked that move and obviously you couldn't get hurt when it was dug into the into its hole. It was just a shit Pokemon. It only had that one move. It had terrible health. It had terrible defense. Get knocked out all the time. It was a pointless Pokemon to me, and I really fucking hated going through that tunnel. <laughs> hated the Diglett tunnel, or whatever it was called. It used to annoy me so much, and so that is one of the reasons I just can't stand that Pokemon. I think that's why people used to have it in their six or whatever, but then quickly probably realised how shit it was. It was a shocker. Um. Yeah, Diglett and Dugtrio were definitely on the top of my list. Um, I'll come back to a reason why later when I link it into something else. Uh, Ditto is, um, I don't even think it's over, I don't think it's rated. Uh, I just don't understand why you would ever use a Ditto in a battle. On my list. Definitely. <laughs> it makes me, it makes absolutely no sense to transform into the same Pokemon to fight it. Great. Yeah, that's the same type. Never works. What are you doing? A shitter version of it, pretty much. Um, yeah, ditto. Bob? Uh, this is hard to choose because I can't really remember them very well, so I'll just pick one of them because I'm almost grouping a bunch of Pokemon here. Um, so I'm going to go with Gengar. Just wasn't overly impressed with the ghost Pokemon, generally speaking. Obviously annoying to fight until you get the Sylph scope, is it? Yeah. Fuck that! Fuck, I'm not, impressed that yeah, I got yeah. that. What's the poke flute do? That's the one that wakes them. That up. wakes Picks up, up the big fox. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so, like, they they're real hard to fight. Then you get the thing, and you can fight them, and then you catch one, and you're like, "Fuck yeah!" And then you use it. And this fucking sucks. <laughs> Are you talking about Ghastly or Gengar? Because Gengar is the one you you have to trade to get. Right. Yeah. Whatever. So Ghastly. In general, Ghastly. Ghost general. Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon in general are awful. Yeah. We can all agree on that one. Mm. Eh. Oh, all right, maybe not. Uh, I, I think there's a, another group of Pokemon that can be easily grouped together, but you go next, Sim. Uh, my, I had Ditto, so my, this is my last one on my overrated list, um, is Scyther. Oh, yeah. Um, looks great. Looks cool. Great looking Pokemon. I was always stoked whenever I got it. You obviously you get it from the Safari Zone, so you're like, oh, this Pokemon's going to be awesome. And you use it, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Moves are awful. It doesn't learn anything good, and it's just not a very good Pokemon. And it's really disappointing because when you look at it, I think you look and you think, shit, this thing's going to dominate, and it just there's nothing going for it. I think you think it's going to be a Grass Pokemon, and it's a Bug Pokemon, which yeah. are just not very strong. Although. I'd rather a bug Pokemon than a rock Pokemon. Pretty much every rock Pokemon is overrated. Uh, they have a lot of weaknesses that are like common weaknesses that you, you know, like everyone has a water Pokemon or everyone has a grass Pokemon. So rock is shit. I think the only rock Pokemon that's maybe passable is Rhyhorn. Um, but oh, yeah, rock Pokemon is my next. Uh, I guess it's a group of them on my list Kang was Kangaskhan a rock Pokemon ground or normal maybe maybe normal yeah I was going to say that's the only one I was thinking of that wasn't too bad but yeah, not nope. many rock ones were very good I never knew Kangaskhan was too hard to catch 
Truth. You had to throw lots of bait and then hit it with a rock. <laughs> get to my thoughts on the safari zone later. I've got some fire coming out. Uh, any more from you two? I've got one more group of Pokemon. I've overrated Pokemon. Group. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm done. My list is done. Sean? Yeah, I mean, you just took out all of the rock Pokemon, so... Um... You know, I was quite happy to th- I was quite happy to throw a Geo dude in there, but I don't know if it was ever rated in the first place, right? I'm just saying shit Pokemon now. Whoever came up with whoever came up with that Pokemon, it's just a rock with arms. Yeah, maybe like a Paris or a Parasect, but they weren't ever rated. <laughs> I wouldn't say. Um, <clears throat> don't mind the thought put behind uh, Paris and Parasect, though. Yeah, potentially. Uh, is, no, is Jigglypuff worth a mention? Oh, Do yeah. people rate Jigglypuff? A punch was pretty good. Okay. I, Maybe I it just thought, annoyed me on the show. <laughs> I thought the Pokemon uh, that were, that you would gather in a weird way generally weren't good. So far-fetched um, or overrated far-fetched, Mr. Mime, uh, Doug Tr- uh, Diglett and Dugtree, you could only go- get them in that cave. Uh, Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan, not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not many moves. Yeah, overrated for me um, were those ones. Uh, moving from overrated, who were your go-tos? And, and let's not, uh, we, don't, we won't do a round table for this, but um, maybe like a couple of Pokemon that were always in your party of six. Um, and not just that, maybe, you know, you could talk a little about your strategy of leveling up Pokemon here or, um, you know, because some Pokemon don't come into the game until a lot later. Um, and we'll start with you, Ben, for this one, and then we'll go to Sean. Oh, yeah, so for me, my number one, always, every single save I've ever done, even as a 33-year-old bloke doing it about three months ago, always, always, always had a Gyarados. Every mm. single time. Absolutely dominant Pokemon, so strong. And uh, my little hack, or I guess maybe a little bit of a bitch way to get one, was I always bought it from the dude at the Mount Moon Poke Center. Yep. It was obviously Magikarp was terrible, but you put the Magikarp at the number one slot, then trade it out after the first like round. It develops those HP points, and then level 20, it evolves to Gyarados, and you are absolutely fucking creaming. Um, it was my favorite yeah, Pokemon. The grind, but it was my favorite Pokemon in the game. I love Gyarados so much. I always had it. Um, it was just awesome. It was dominant. Any other go-to Pokemon you uh, stuck in your in your mind or in your party of Pokemon? Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple more. Uh, Abra, or I liked Alakazam, mm. um, if you could get it there, which was always a bit of a grind as well. But Psychic, I thought, was always quite good. It um, attacked the, the Psychic attack seemed to work on quite a lot of different Pokemon. Um, so I was a big fan. Also, uh, Abra, Alakazam had Seismic Toss, which I always quite enjoyed as well. It was quite a powerful move. And the last one was Lapras. Hmm. Oh, I kind of, so my strategy, I guess, was a bit strange because I had Gyarados and Lapras and Charizard, so three kind of dragon-y sort of Pokemon. Um, but for me, I guess I was always going for power. So the powerful Pokemon were the ones, the strong Pokemons were the ones I always kind of wanted. So I enjoyed the Lapras. Um, Thunderbolt, when you could do that with a water-type kind of dragon Pokemon, was, was pretty awesome. I mean, obviously, you got it as a gift as well, so you didn't have to really... And work too hard to get it, which was quite nice. The mm. Silph Co, I believe. 
Yeah, well, you've you've mentioned three of mine. Uh, Sorry about Sean. that. You've yeah. So I, no matter who I was fighting, I carried my Charizard. Um, I had Gyarados as well, and Alakazam were probably. I was going to say I was going to lead with um, like I changed all the time because when I got a new Pokemon that was interesting, I I kept it in my thing, and I was a grinder, so I always carried a couple that I was trying to level up and things like that. Um, but probably. Uh, those three at least, you know, were always in there for... And I didn't necessarily know who I was going to be fighting against a lot of the time. So, I could, like, sometimes I could go in and lose and come out and go, okay, fuck, I need to change my tactics here. But if I was just going in blind, I'd have those three. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, Lapras, Gyarados... And and I, I put Kadabra, not Alakazam, because I never traded to get Alakazam. I would just have Kadabra. Um I, I put Haunter. Haunter ended up in a lot of my uh my teams of six. Probably wouldn't now, because it's not a great Pokemon, but um I've got a soft spot for Haunter. Looks cool too. Uh mentioned Executor before. If I didn't go with Bulbasaur, I liked having the psychic uh grass option. Um and look. I needed someone to fly. I often just kept my level two Pidgey that I caught in Viridian Forest uh, and had a Pidgeot often. In I was my... Actually, I I became very fond of my Pidgeot for that reason because I did have to carry it a lot and it just had to feature. And I became it was a huge, a huge advantage of Yellow with uh, Charizard being able to fly. Mm. Massive because you had an extra slot available where you didn't have to use one of those bird Pokemon, which I mm. think... While not being very strong, obviously, you had to have Fly. Mm. I do recall as well, um, obviously, I did quite a lot of grinding to get to get to that situation. I spoke about earlier with a Chameleon who didn't listen to me. Um, I also had a Pidgeotto. And so at that early point of the game, that was quite a strong Pokemon for me as well. And so there was that sort of attachment from the early stage. Hmm. Sean spoke a little bit about his leveling up strategy. We know he's a grinder. He probably wanted to always try and catch 150 or as many Pokemon as he could. What was your strategy, Ben? Um, when I was younger, it was definitely just to try to get through the game as fast as I could. I think like, I wanted to just win the battles, have cool Pokemon. I didn't really care about getting as many Pokemon as I wanted as I could. Um, I definitely just went for the cool Pokemon. And if it was a shit Pokemon, like a Rattata, I was like, I'm not going to bother um throwing a pokeball at you because i don't really care about you so i usually probably would end the game around about the 30 or 40 pokemon mark when i was when i was young and when i was you know into it and then as more of an i guess an adult player when i was using you know online etc um i was more of a grinder so i'd probably try to get around the 100 i never got anywhere close to 150 like around i think 100 around 100 would have been my max ever but, um Definitely tried to level up, but I, I got bored of that quite quickly and just went to beating people as quickly as I could. Mm. I think I was just flipped that on its head for me. Um, earlier on, I had a lot more time on my hands and would grind the shit out of it and try and get as many Pokemon as I can. And I would always be carrying six Pokemon. Um, even if they were shit, I would have them. And for some reason, I would use them in battles. I was like, what's the fucking point? I'm not going to end up using them. Um, but then later on, as a, as an adult, I'm like, all right, well, I want to try something a bit different this time. I'm going to start with Squirtle, 
and these are the Pokemon that I want. I, you know, at the start of the game, I'm going to look forward. I want to have a muck. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll go th- often would just level up two Pokemon all the way through to the third gym um, and just have two really, really strong Pokemon. And then I'll add my third. And so I end up not having many Pokemon at all uh, in later, later playthroughs, I guess. Um, all right. We've got last couple of things. Side quests. Now, this is a specific request from Simpy, and he's talked a little bit about the Safari Zone already. I, I feel like you're not a big fan of it. I definitely didn't like it. It just used to frustrate me. Like, you'd go in, and you'd get going, and you'd find a new spot, and then you'd hear the, like, or not hear the, but the bell would go off, and you'd have to go back to the start and be like, fucking hell, I just made it, like, all the way. i got to do it again. You've got to run through, make sure you don't t- hit any obstacles so you get stuck and it takes up your time. And when you did come across a Pokemon you wanted to get, you'd always fucking run away. Yeah. <laughs> like... You used to just, I get so mad. Because you, you spent a lot of time, I think, in the Safari Zone grinding and taking ages just running around trying to find things. And it always would, like, over the intercom, you get sent back to the start and you never had anything. So I wasn't a fan. I like the concept. Didn't like the execution, maybe. I, I, yeah, I agree. Often grinding for no gain yeah. as well. Like, grinding to get your Pokemon leveled up absolutely fine you know i'm happy to spend two hours in that long grass leveling up my magic up memory but, there was no clock was there you just had to kind of guesstimate how long you had yeah i think it said yeah that irritated long. me as well a clock would have been nice i would have been happier i think i would have been okay with it if there was a countdown clock that you kind of had how hard would that have been to do on screen just put a little not clock <laughs> not hard uh sean safari zone any thoughts barely remember it Mm. Just looked it up and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Cool Pokemon you could get in there. Mm. Um, another thing that I thought of was um, was Game Corner. Do you remember Game Corner at all, Sean? Sounds familiar. Uh, Celadon City, I believe it was in, um, mm. and uh, you got a, given a coin case. That, that, yes, I remember. That. And you could. Um, it was just slots. Could you do anything yeah. else other than slots? Nah, you could, or you could obviously buy stuff with the winnings you got there. Mm. And, like Abra. And... That's how I usually got an Abra, because it was like 230 coins or something. You so I did that. That's, that's the only, only way you can get a Porygon. Yeah, what a pointless Pokemon that Pokemon is. <laughs> so did you how many coins, game, game how many coins it cost you? It was shit. Did you do a bit of game corner, Sim? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I think there was a glitch. I'm trying to remember exactly. I haven't looked it up, so forgive me if I get it wrong. But there was something to do with, like, if you did four of them in a row and one of them, like, hit two little wins, you just make sure you stay on that machine because it would, like, hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. Something like that. There was, like, a you did four in a row and then if one of those four had two wins, you made sure you stayed on it because the gaming, the system would be hot it was a jackpot mm. time etc and you won quite a lot of coins so i definitely remember getting lots of coins from using that glitch um that's, maybe cheat maybe glitch that sounds like sean's strategy at east ab and batoni stay on the hot machines never leave a hot machine i've never been one for the slots 
what it was you you had to get like lucky sevens or a bar yeah. or something like that bar or something yeah it was just like a slot machine yeah i didn't spend much i remember simon spending hours on that stupid game corner I think we all had the um, misconception that the Porygon was going to be one of these amazing Pokemons because it costs like 9,999 coins. And so everyone was like, shit, it must be amazing. And definitely wasn't. You get a Dratini there too, eh? I think so. Good little Pokemon. Um, All right. Uh, One more. Oh, I've got two more things. Legendary birds. Bit bit of a side quest. You probably don't necessarily need to do it. We'll go to Sean first. What were your thoughts on the uh, the legendary birds, Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno? Um, I put in a lot of time to get them, mm. and then I barely use them. I agree with that. They look cool, though. They do look cool. They look a lot better than the other bird Pokemon. So I think the frustrating thing about them was if you accidentally killed them, they were gone forever. Hmm. That was de- so depressing. If you accidentally hit like the wrong move, or you were trying to go fast, and you like did a, I don't know, whatever it was that was too powerful of a move, and then they end up dying, and you're just like, well, shit. It's time that again. For another, it's, not, it's time for another cheating confession. <laughs> so there was a glitch. I don't remember it exactly, but I think you had to have surf. I'm not sure exactly, or you ran along a coastline. Yeah, um, I can talk about this. Yes. So remember this. And so you could um, get double up items. Ninety nine items. Yeah. Mm. And so um, I had no problems with the legendary birds. So I so I, I grinded first, and I think I I got one. And you know, like restarting because you Mars and stuff like that. And then I learned about the glitch, and then yeah, solved that problem. Master ball. Yeah. Mm. Probably, oh, I, I don't like missing your style. no glitch. In a Cinnabar Island, wasn't it? You go missing no, missing no. You fought the missing no, and if you beat them, then your sixth mm. item was on ninety nine. Yeah, I was always a fan of doing it with rare candy, and then just yes. pumping up my Pokemon. Um, and and was it nuggets? So you could go and sell them for five thousand. Yeah, that was so, huge. Qu- question then, because I didn't play Game Boy. So in terms of, because what I used to do on computer, you could save wherever, and I don't know whether you could do that on Game Boy. So, you, so I would just save before I got into the battle with them, and so I would never not get them. You could. I think early on you didn't really, I didn't know that you couldn't go back. Mm. So as a kid, you wouldn't, like, you, there was, obviously the internet wasn't really a massive thing at the time. So you'd yeah. come across this legendary bird and be like, holy shit, and then fight it try get it but then obviously if you ended up killing it you'd be like oh cool and then just die so you go back and then just go back and try see it again and it wasn't there mm. frustrating I've got no more side quests on here anything else to add or just I don't even remember what they were but much like Final Fantasy I did did not enjoy the help this person by going and getting this, finding this thing, or, oh, I've lost my blah, 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 can you help me? Motherfucker, yeah. I'm on a mission. Lots <laughs> so of that when you were trying to get new places, eh, and you went through the barrier, and they'd be like, oh, I'm thirsty, can you get me a drink? <laughs> you're like, well, fuck. Can't you get your drink yourself, you bitch? 
That was the guy you couldn't get through some um you couldn't get from one city to another, eh? Like around those middle ones where it's like um Saffron City to Saladon City or something, the guide won't let you through, eh? There was the one from um after you fought Misty and then you there was the guy who offered you um daycare for your um Big day around there there was one you could go you could go through and they wouldn't let you through because they were parched because there's a couple that were important right like you have to help the the captain on the boat or something to get one of the hidden machines cut. was it cut? cut cut and for strength you have to find someone's teeth gold that's teeth. right the gold teeth yeah, yeah. old bloke yeah 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 some old fella but then that's like you can stomach that because there's a reward. Definitely. But the ones reward, that were Yeah. It's off. <laughs> All right. Any other uh any other things to discuss or any more questions you've got for each for each other? Uh I've just got a, like a few tidbits or things I didn't know that I still only knew one of them I only found out about twenty minutes ago when I looked it up before we started this podcast that absolutely shook me. Really? Um I never realized when you fought a trainer, you lost half your money if you lose. If you, yeah. It's news to me. If you I didn't out. know that at all. You lose like half of your money when you lose to a trainer in a trainer battle. Does it have to be a trainer? Yeah. You don't lose your money to a bug catcher. No, as in like, sorry, to any, tra- any Pokemon any trainer. Battle. So any battle. Apart from wild Pokemon, you don't. Wow. I didn't know that. I am shocked that I didn't know that because you'd think you would pay attention to that. I was going to say you lose half your gill, but this isn't a Final Fantasy podcast. I was going to talk about is the little glitch as well, similar to the missing no glitch, but if you swum along uh, right, if you surfed, sorry, right on Cinnabar Island, right on the cusp between land and water, Pokemon that would appear would actually be the Pokemon from the last place you were. This is in yellow. I'm not sure if it was in red or blue. Oh, random. This so if you weird. were in the Safari Zone, then you went to Cine- you flew ah. straight to Cinnabar Island and surfed alongside that area. Angus would appear and like Scythers would appear, etc. Mm. So that was definitely the best way to get them. That was a weird little glitch that for some reason it did that. Um, there was also a glitch to fight Professor Oak. Um. Which was quite interesting. It was quite fun. A lot of random steps. Please don't make me go into it. I can't remember exactly, but you could go through all these steps that you could fight him. And he had like level 60, 70 Pokemon. It was pretty awesome. So it was just a little bit of fun. There was obviously a glitch to be able to get Mew. Mm-hmm. That's very complicated and convoluted. And when I tried to do it, I learned that I'd mucked it up already. Um, you kind of had to know it from the start because you had to fight specific trainers or something at a certain time. I can't remember. But... I think it's something, something to do with Nugget Bridge in Cerulean oh, yep. City. Yep. But I don't know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, the last thing I probably should have said at the start, but what a friggin' plot and what a amazing story. I remember distinctly remember explaining this to my grandparents and they were gobsmacked by the story and the thought behind it. Um, it's a credit to the creators as to the, you know, children, uh, primary school teacher and 
there are children at primary school every year who go through a Pokemon phase. 100%. Um, Pokemon cards are huge at the school that I'm at at the moment. Cards, Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, who's four, and my nephews, who are five and three, like watching Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they enjoy the Pokemon cards. So it's obviously extremely captivating. Um, I don't know if you guys have played other generations. I've dabbled in a lot of the other generations, um, and I enjoy them just as much. Uh, I get lost in the in the worlds very easily, um, even as a 33-year-old uh, adult. Uh, it's, it speaks to uh, Japanese game creators being miles ahead of the curve in the 90s, right? So obviously yeah. we've brought up Final Fantasy a few times and that's, you know, it's as much the storyline as anything else, even if it is very confusing and convoluted. But this is another, like, masterstroke storyline. You know, like, the gameplay, for what it's worth, is great. You know, turn-based fighting games are quite fun, but it's the storyline in a lot of these instances and a lot of other games around at the time, you know, like you talk about the Game Boy, you're talking about like side-scrolling Super Mario or, um, you know, like fighting games, sport games. They're, they're all, they all have their place, but these games are like genuinely gripping for a reason. Yeah. You know, I agree as well and say that like Pokemon, obviously like the, the world of Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, pretty massive for a Game Boy game. You think about how long ago that was and the fact that there was so many different gyms to go to, so many different things, side quests and things to do. Like, even today, some of the games you get on, like, PS4 and stuff, not even as long. Like, it doesn't take you as long to complete mm. them. There's a pretty massive world play as a 10-year-old at the time that you could really get lost in and spend a lot of hours and back and forwards and into different rooms and into different houses and things were happening and it was, yeah amazing like an incredible game did you say 30 year old or 10 year old a 10 year old and a 33 year old (laughs) probably i'll still play it as a 50 year old because i'm generation one till i die oh yeah all right um nothing else from you two i'm good hey i said my piece bloody good job simpy um be a pleasure it might get you on for some maybe some seinfeld and i hear there's a rumour that you like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. I've always been a fan, and uh, it would be nice to bring this podcast a bit more uh, market, a bit more uh, into the upper echelon of, you know, talking about some uh, highbrow stuff. I'm pretty excited to talk about um, the scene where he takes a dinger. <laughs> All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers.